Hi, I'm Greg Evaziak. And I'm Luke Phillips. And this is the Semi Crazy Podcast. The podcast by truckers, for truckers. All right. We're on. Okay. About goddamn time. Yeah. Semi Crazy Podcast, episode seven. Wait. Eight. <laughs> Because everything we do takes us forever. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely is a, an episode in and of itself one day just watching us prepare. Yeah, if we live streamed this on fucking YouTube, or that'd be terrible. <laughs> or, you know, there's always those things of, you know, uh, how-to. How-to podcast. Mm-hmm. I think we'd really disappoint a lot of people. I think we need to watch one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably the truth. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing the stuff you find on YouTube, though. Oh, yeah. 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 I know there's some good trucking stuff. Semi Crazy Inc. Shameless plug. That was sh- that was shameless. <laughs> Jeez. I'm not above doing that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, so, how was your week? Uh, I'm trying to remember it now after all these technical difficulties. It was good. I mean, it was normal. Actually, first time I've done a full five-day week and probably a month so that was nice yeah pretty uneventful really bounced around saskatchewan um yeah yeah there's really nothing there in saskatchewan yeah yeah right so <laughs> i got no stories <laughs> other than that you I, I we figured out that you must have been kind of blank because you drove right by me in Lloydminster and i was sitting there with the grader that's like got the wing in the air and... yeah that i had just gotten pictures of like 15 minutes before i drove yeah, through there I, I know right yeah uh, yeah, unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, so my my week was uh, different than what I thought it was going to be, but it worked out. I mean, I I was wasn't supposed to start early, but um, one of the other guys wasn't able to get out of uh, Washington State, so I had to take his load up to Saskatchewan, and I ended up making two Saskatchewan rounders. And then when I got back to uh, uh, back to Saskatoon for my reload on Friday, which was going to be unloaded on Friday. Well, as you know, the greater, excuse me, had a wing. And for anybody who doesn't know, those aren't to fly with. They're just to annoy you by being too wide to move without a pilot. Yeah. And I'd like to point out the fact that you're hauling a greater with a wing in the middle of summer. Usually, you don't see those rolling around in the summer. No, no. And usually, uh, people would have them off. Yeah. Or yeah. at least the pin pulled and everything strapped in right because yeah. you're probably what 12 8 12 9 with it on there like that the way it was yeah no 13 6 oh wow a long blade and wow yeah so i had some i had some fun actually loading it too because the the where the wing mount is sticks down far enough so i'm loading it on a nine wide step which is a 14m on a nine wide step is interesting is you know less than a half a tire width on each side yeah yeah so not uh well at least you've done it before so you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah so there's not a lot of room took some video of it 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 was uh i get but i get up to the top and almost to the top and then i caught the winch uh with the mount because of course all the way to the wing it's just that trailer yeah well pulls the uh yeah pulls the grader down just a little bit and then it caught literally caught the the tab on my winch oh rude yeah so that's bent now and then so I backed it down and I tried a little bit different angle and tried it. No, caught it again, bent again. 
So then I went over to the ramp at Richie's and uh, drove over top of my ramps, which I'm not really a fan of because they're kind of sketchy anyways. So I had to line them up. So then I just really had the tire going over one edge of my mm. ramp for like three feet, which eh, I didn't really like the feeling of. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. But I got it off. And then afterwards, you called me and said, oh, yeah, did you ever think about blocking the side up and doing this and doing that and getting under your, uh, under your 12.6? So it's good info to have, you know, three hours earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier to do at Richie's, too, because, um, like, to fold your wing in because they've got loaders and stuff there to help you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But sometimes a guy just doesn't want to be that ambitious. Yeah, it's true. Right? Then you would have had to actually truck past three o'clock on friday <laughs> more than three hours that was a really really productive day yeah saskatoon to lloydminster big miles big miles <laughs> done yeah. yeah how'd you even do that on e-log yeah i know it's yeah, crazy know. but getting serious now yeah i've had those days though where it's like two three hundred k and you're like, that's that's that okay you get those more often than not though i don't like to admit it but yeah <laughs> Yeah, it just seems timing, especially with everything going on right now. It's everybody's reduced hours and getting somewhere by four o'clock in the afternoon is <laughs> unrealistic. Well, I know what else I had. I had a sketchy uh, unload of a of a genie. I've never unloaded an electrical genie before, uh, all electric, and it was on smooth tires. And my deck was uh, a little wet. And when I got to coming down the ramp on the back end, you know, nice and slow slow and easy gets her done then we got to a certain point where gravity took over and yeah so a little bit of a five ticket ride going yeah. down the ramps in the basket uh, i was just picturing being just hoping it slides straight yeah and uh, like you said to me hoping nobody had a security camera yeah to get you video on youtube and you catapulted out of the thing yeah i don't want that to be how i go viral no i've seen one of those on YouTube though that where Buddy had a harness on, and I don't know if like I think it'd just be a good situation to avoid altogether, really. <laughs> yeah, I almost wonder like harness or harness versus no harness. I mean, they always show you the one where the guy had no harness and and he gets hurt. But I've also seen the ones where the guy has the harness and then he gets whipped against the side of the machine. Yeah, I think either way you're getting hurt. Yeah, we used to have to harness up when we were loading chips, right? So you'd go up top and you'd clip in, and then you'd roll like when you rolled your tarps. So Originally, we did that before we started throwing a rope over and then pulling the tarp. So you'd just go up top and grab one of your straps and pull your tarp over, right? Well, you're supposed to clip in all the time, but and we did most of the time. Anyways, uh, I, I grabbed somebody else's belt because I was in a different guy's truck. So I put the belt on, clipped, got up there, and was in a little bit of a hurry and swung the tarp over. And then step, as you stepped over, you'd kind of pull the tarp so, so it would unravel and go over the side of the trailer. As I did that, I slipped because the tarp was wet. And I went over the side of the trailer, but I had my I had my belt, my harness on, but it was for uh, uh, no way to put this delicately bigger guy. Oh yeah, and so the harness slipped up, like scraped my sides as it went up and caught me underneath the armpits. And then when I caught the end of the tether, I was actually about five feet down the side of the trailer, and then I slapped into the side of the trailer. Oh. And so then you're dangling there with this belt underneath your arms, and it hurts. And and the wind's knocked out of me, and I'm 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 like six feet from the ground and five feet from the top. Like <laughs> I'm not sure which way I want to go at that point. Yeah, you're just focusing on remembering how to breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Not so much fun. So I 
thinking about that. Yeah, I wonder harness or no harness. Like, yeah, I'd probably go no harness personally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no thanks. I fell off uh, a hoe once when I was on my low bed, like 450. Same thing was climbing up there, actually, to measure height or not putting a window tarp on. Anyway, <laughs> up there in the wintertime and took the guardrails off to haul it. And yeah, one thing led to another and I was on the ground. That was not a pleasant time. No, no, no doubt. No. Never broke anything? No, I was like 18. Oh, so you were bulletproof? Yeah, exactly. Right. It was fine. I just kind of jumped up. Okay, that sucked. Back to work we go. So I, I lucked out on that one, thankfully. But you never forget that, right? Like every time I got on an excavator after that, it was like, yep, guardrails. Three points of contact. Yes. Yeah. And pay attention if it's slippery, like take the time to take a broom up there if it's snowy. Yeah. 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 You only, I think sometimes all of the, the safety stuff that's out there, almost um it makes people really good complacent and so they don't take the time to do these extra like just little steps right and i mean we're all guilty of it we've done it before and that's yeah. you know when when you didn't have the safety stuff and and you have that one oh shit moment yep you well, definitely like, remember the less <laughs> and just like we were talking in the last podcast about tug tests right? oh yeah same thing once you once you hurt yourself from being complacent you'll remember at least that how you hurt yourself that one time right yeah or you should yeah i'd hope so yeah yeah i'd love to say i learned it from every time but i'm maybe a slow learner <laughs> oh i'm definitely a slow learner like uh wearing sneakers and then you forget you're wearing sneakers you go to like kick a hitch pin or something yeah done that way more times than i should probably admit <laughs> yeah you can get the fat toe mm-hmm. yep every time yeah, no, I'm doing the same thing too. Or leaning against the side of your trailer when you're tightening the chain and it like pinches your leg or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had had a swamper once pinch like got a good wad of his coveralls in between the low boy and the chain. And then he went to walk away. Oh but the coveralls didn't rip, he fell over. Oh. Yeah, that was I mean it was funny to watch, but he never leaned against the trailer with again. <laughs> I like the comic relief of it. Like, yeah, it's it's great to be the guy that not it going through it, right? <laughs> to be the audience is wicked. We talked offline about uh, like yeah, dash cam things catching stuff and security footage catching things, and yeah, you really are a person really wants to be cognizant now. Like, I mean, even if you're in the bush or something, trail cams that something can. Oh yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it crosses my mind quite often walking across truck stop parking lots, right? Like, <laughs> how many of these trucks are? watching me or big brother or however you want to say it but there i wouldn't go without a dash cam now no the way that just i mean why not right oh yeah yeah no i got one that's tied into my eld actually oh that's handy yeah so hmm. i i've never looked at footage on it but i mean i i would like to have it sometimes i do see some guys from time to time post some stuff on insta and so i would kind of like to be able to go yeah yeah, a guy that I truck with posts pretty a lot of his stuff. Pretty Dash regular. Cam. Yeah, probably once a week. Yeah. He's one of those guys, though, that seems to have those experiences every week. So. Well, and, and 
uh, while you're choking there, I'll spit this out. Um, you ever notice that there's those places that every time you go through there, you get cut off? Oh, or yeah. You, like, dummies going through Saskatoon from the south end there on, I guess that'd be 2 or 11. On oh, 11, 16. Yeah. yeah. Every, I go through there every week and every every time. Yeah. There's, there's the same. That's, that's like uh, on the lower mainland. There's a bunch of merge lanes. And every time I come to one of those merge lanes, I know somebody is going to have a major malfunction trying to merge. Yes. Like the, you know, speed, like they're speeding up. So you're going, okay, well, I'll just, I'll back out of it. I'll back out of it and just let them go. And then, no, no, they start backing out of it. So then you put your foot in it, but they haven't backed out of it enough. And then they come to the end of the lane and they hammer on the brakes and stop completely. And the people behind them almost rear end them because... You get the one guy in the back. Mine's not recording. Um, oh. Yeah, it kicked me out. No. I'll be right back. <laughs> well, I'll just keep. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll wait until you're back, though. Yeah. I'll remember where I was, or I'll try to remember where I was at that point. <laughs> Lots of technology. Yeah. And we're back. All right. So, people that can't merge. Yeah, our producer's getting involved now. <laughs> um, I don't know why everybody struggles with it so hard. Yeah, it, it's a simple concept, and it should be taught in driving school. It should be, but it's kind I, of embarrassing that it's not really. Well, I had a large carrier uh, just actually do that to me yesterday when I was coming down the QE2 with the grader on with the pilot truck, and I had all my lights on, everything, and I came under the first first uh overpass by uh at Nisku. so he was coming from the like blackjacks way whatever right because yep. i had to turn off on airport road and so as i'm coming up there he's coming down the merge lane and i'm going highway speed 102 and he's still just accelerating accelerating yeah like so he's not gonna i can tell already he's he can't outpace me and i can't move left i've got a wide load i've got flashing lights everything else like he didn't look at all towards the lane of traffic. He's just got his foot in it with this automatic to the floor. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm casting aspersions that it was an automatic, but it most likely was because the large, it was just a large fleet truck. Right. But I mean, he did give me a wave after he slowed down, went behind me and then passed me later when I was turning off. So I think he realized what he had done. Yeah. But like, there was no look, right. Like, he wasn't looking until he was almost right beside me and realized that he was going to merge into a greater place. Well, and you see that with cars all the time. You know, you're going along and you're looking at them when they come down the on-ramp. And you can watch them just not look, not look. Oh, 10 feet from the end of the lane. Oh, oh darn. I can't get over <laughs> it. Now what? Or the construction zipper merge. Like, people think it, they need to merge, uh, like, you know, like five miles back. Lane ending, five miles back, like. Zipper merge means at the end, one, 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 one. And it would just... Yeah, or just flow up there, and if you see a spot, grab it, right? Yeah. But then there's... I don't think that you should do... Like, if you're in a truck, I think you can move over. It's going to end anyway, right? Yeah. Find a spot when you can, but... Uh, so don't drive 90 miles an hour down the clear lane? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> then have around the binders and try to get in at the end? Yeah. Yeah, you're driving a big truck, not a car, right? That's what most of these guys, I think, it's just they're driving it like a car. Yeah. 
it's just pet peeve, right? Yep. Oh, um, man. yeah, it is Father's Day. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, it's Father's Day. Yeah, because it's yeah everybody. Well, we are in tomorrow. Oh yeah. boy. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Pressure's on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We both have dads in trucking. Yeah. If so. we would have had some fucking prior planning, we could have had our dads here. Oh, that would have been really joy. Oh. Yeah, that would have been the episode for today. Yeah, next year. Yeah. Yeah, next, yeah, next year. year for Father's Day. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be cool. Yeah, I never thought about that. I forgot. I'll be. You I'll forgot it was Father's Day. Hold on up to that. Yeah, you showed up today and mentioned it. I'm like, oh yeah, shit. Well, I, re- I remembered. Yeah, I just didn't uh, didn't think of doing it as an episode. But yeah, both. I mean, both of our dads are in, in the industry, so I mean, it's. I guess it is actually very relatable to. Them. Yeah. I think most people like it's very rare that you find somebody that isn't dad <laughs> in the industry. Yeah, like I guess second, third generation at this point, right? Like everybody that I know that's my age got into it because their dad was okay, except for one person. There's one exception there. It's always an exception. Yeah, well, that's why I got into it. it. It's a. It's actually probably a good thing to touch on too because it, it's a. It's kind of a. It it can be a pretty tough uh, tough go as a dad, in the industry, like because you're because of not being able to be home as much. Yep. Right. And so, I mean, hats off to all the guys that are, are out there doing it that can't be can't be home on Father's Day or can't be home on all those. Yeah, the that's part of the industry, unfortunately, is you're going to miss stuff, right? Like, So, yeah, good job to all the trucking dads. It didn't sound very impromptu, did it? Didn't. No. I think we'll, we'll have to well, circle back to this. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny like how how much that that, that can happen. Like, oh yeah, yeah. You go you go on a go on a tangent and it's like it's good it it's working things are going and it just kind of falls off the rails. Yeah, computer but, turns off. Yeah, I think it's also the way we both think. Yeah, squirrel. Yeah, we both have squirrel brain. And yeah, I don't. I gotta think that there's got to be a fairly large amount of guys like us that do this. Oh, kind guaranteed, of, yeah. Like, I I, uh, I had a thing, a, a meme there that shows how I tell a story and how a normal person tells a story. And it's, uh, the, like, normal person is, like, start, beginning, and end. Or, like, start, middle, and end. Yeah. And then mine is, like, start, uh, beginning, somewhat related side story, too many details, oops, where was I going, back to the main story. And it does this whole thing that goes around and around until finally at the end, what was I talking about? That's a lot of my stories. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, my dad even. It's quite a few guys I know like that. Um, actually, come back to the merging thing. <laughs> <laughs> See, there See? we go. <laughs> Good segue. Um, I know it was brutal doing wheeler work going around the Hende, right, 18 wide. It And you get one of two things. You get try and be the nice guy and you hang out in the right lane, but when you're like that you're riding the uh, shoulder also so now you're taking off a bunch of merge lane when it comes around so you get your rear operator fighting to get traffic all the time or you just hang out in the left lane and everybody is pissed (laughs) but honestly i just hung out in the left lane most of the time 
it's more of a safety issue trying to change lanes all the damn time. Oh yeah. And now, and you get into a situation and it, it only kind of happened to me once. And that was when I adopted the left lane rule Yeah, is you've got traffic on your left, so you can't move over, but you're taking up all of the shoulder, which is about to turn into the merge lane and there's traffic there. So you end up slowing down in a hurry. Now you're creating a problem behind you. Yeah. And yeah, it's just not. They let them be mad. I think traffic has a hard has a hard time realizing what it's like being, you know, high, wide, long. I mean, even just normal trucks. I don't think most people understand what it takes to get a truck going, to get a truck slowed down, to get a truck moved over. And then when you add wheels and weight and everything else. Yep. And then when you're piloted, compound that with it. Like if you're not using your quote unquote normal pilot that you know yeah, you're not running you're in your sync team. with yeah it can be really problematic i had one one load up to the territories that i took um a few years back and it was just it wasn't heavy like it was a, uh, i was i was really jazzed about this load because it paid well and uh it was just a bumper from a 990 998 uh so it was like 15 feet wide and only eighteen thousand pounds just a oh, rear bumper dandy yeah so like nice, right in the middle of the right in the middle of the high boy, uh, good load, but got it piloted, right? Yeah, I I don't know how many times I had like so come down to the bridge past Manning there, in, at night, and Oof. yeah. Anyways, my my pilot's talking to me, but he's he's not far enough ahead, and I can tell, and I'm trying to tell him he needs to get across to stop traffic, but he's too busy yakking. Yep. Oh. So yeah, we were able to make that work going across the bridge, but it was uh, it was kind of difficult. Yeah, that was one of my biggest pet peeves when I was doing the, doing all that stuff with pilots. I you want to talk and tell me your life story? Do it at dinner, right? <laughs> we're not here having a soapbox social. Shut up and work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess you you got to you get to know you got to know your pilot pretty well so yeah <laughs> yeah that's cheating yeah <laughs> uh, that's my pilot yep just keep you around yeah there you go in life and everything yep now she's not even a pilot anymore living the good life there you go well, you don't need you don't need a pilot anymore yeah that shit's silly i wouldn't pilot i rode with her a couple times and uh yeah, no, there's no way. <laughs> I tried piloting once. You know that we were coming out of Calgary, and uh, the boss's boss was out there too, and he's like, "Oh, you know, Luke, why don't you pilot?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I don't care." <laughs> Jess is over there, like, "No, don't let him do that. Don't <laughs> encourage him." And yeah, no, never again. I'm no good at it. No, no. Yeah, I think. I gotta go. God, that's good. That's a real squirrel moment there. Yeah? See, yeah, that just drives the point home. It's exactly what happened. I just can't uh, tell you how many times I've used the line that you used in like the first podcast about therapy. No, yes. Because <laughs> that was me on Friday. Yeah. You get out on the road and that is just kind of what, you know, mellows you out and, and gets you going, right? Like just everything's good. Turn the tunes up whatever and but uh so many guys have come back and said that same thing like that's the way they feel about it sometimes yeah sometimes i have good thoughts <laughs> and stuff that makes sense 
but that's probably my quota for the year in that one so yeah i'm glad i'm glad it's in that useful. one podcast that's like <laughs> yeah it really is though it's yeah it can give you the worst day but it can also give you the best day if you're having the worst day it's strange that makes sense it's so close to me yeah it's just so weird how something like i think we're probably the only industry that our job can actually change our mood you know most people go to work and they're having a bad day they have a bad day until they're off of work hmm. and then that changes their mood right yeah probably because you're not we're changing location that's true yep. yeah like you're a grain relocation engineer right now yep i'd take that i should put that on linkedin yeah there you go <laughs> yeah definitely i don't even know what i would do i don't have regular enough things to actually come up with a title equipment relocation specialist that's not bad what about one of them like calling pipes though? I think you're just splitting hairs at that point. <laughs> yeah, true. I guess. It's... Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't need a fancy title. I can't. I still can't believe I didn't see you in Lloydminster. Like when I drove, I looked in the Husky. And, and my truck's not that. You know, it's I really blend. I would have seen a greater. Yeah, but it's, I I didn't actually realize how. I didn't realize how tall four point nine is. It's up there. Yeah, until, you, until the guy pulled in beside me with the van, and I was like, I wouldn't have known how tall I was except you loaned me your, your height pole or height stick. They're uh, one of the most invaluable pieces of equipment you can have. For equipment hauling. Yes, but they're damn expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And you were lucky enough to find yours. Yeah, GG. Yep. Which apparently you never find because I've never seen one. I had looked for like two years and then one night i just oh, i'll give it a try we were driving around fort mcmurray measuring bridges with like one of those laser things that you put oh just yeah. put on the ground and you gotta aim it so you're gonna stop in traffic and do this well we it was like one in the morning so we pulled off the shoulder and they're trying to do it like in between traffic but uh yeah <laughs> i decided i was gonna look like easy for a high pole and it showed up sent my buddy right away to go grab it like the next day picked it up in calmar so yeah, it's way better than, well, falling off excavators, trying to measure height and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like my Phillips brand uh, height pull. It works very well. Except for the, uh, so so Luke tells me after the fact that his has <laughs> a defect in it. He's like, yeah, I feel pretty stupid when you're, and he, as he's telling me the story, I know already where it's going. Because the top piece doesn't always tell the scope out. And if you've seen a height pull, it register, you, you read it on the bottom. As per how many, so I thought I was actually 5.9 meters, <laughs> which didn't seem right at all. And then I, I did some, uh, I caught myself and figured it out, but yeah. Yeah. It's done that to me a few times and you're like, okay, hold on here. Just, yeah. <laughs> just one second. I know what I missed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you read it, you, you would, if you didn't really look at it carefully, it's easy enough to make that mistake, except that 5.9 and 4.9 are totally different. Totally <laughs> different. Yeah totally different things about a week's worth of permits yeah yeah <laughs> especially coming in out of saskatchewan yeah why is there so many low bridges there like i mean 4.8 is tall to be coming through a lot of places in saskatchewan like in five saskatoon most, yes saskatoon and regina yeah. yeah regina's got a lot of 4.8 overpasses as well until i started hauling grain i had never been like around that bypass in regina i always <laughs> took the high load route even when i was just pulling Stuff that wasn't tall, it just you'd make that. You're worried. Well, it's just quicker. 
because you make the little loop around Evraz there and then yeah. pop out at uh, Balgoni. But uh, yeah, anywhere in Saskatchewan is just a headache. I feel like we're really crapping on Saskatchewan, and I don't think we should. I mean, it's a nice place. <laughs> just not if you're high or wide or heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Like hauling grain around Saskatchewan is mint. Yeah. 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 High and wide and heavy, not so much. No. But yeah. And, but high and wide and heavy, though, is, it's hard anywhere. Yeah. Alberta is probably about the best. Yeah. I was going to say compared to Alberta. Yeah. Because here, like, you can get an annual to 5.3. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. And you can haul a, like, yeah, you can haul a 60 foot shaft on your annual. Yeah, exactly. And everything's labeled and they got warning lights and stuff yeah. like that. And then you cross the border at uh, Coots and all of a sudden you're, yeah, no yeah. labels, no nothing. Yeah. Oh, hi. Is that overpass? Yeah, this this list that I got from the permit office says it's this tall, but I'm like six inches under that. So do I trust it? Oh, there's no ramp. Okay, I guess I'm trusting it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, it's sketchy. Or, or coming out of the lower mainland, like I, you know, coming out of Lynn term or something with yeah, like, yeah. you really hope that the permitting guys got it right. Yeah, and you hope that everybody's paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've had that. Like, I've had um, Fortis escort us because we were over height, and they lifted, like, 19 lines going into this site. And there's, there was one line left, and they we all stopped. And Fortis was like, yeah, we're, no, you're good. Like, you're good to site. Have a nice day. We're done escorting you. First two loads go under. And then I was two meter or a meter taller than those ones. And I'm making the corner. Had my window down. Super tight corner. So I'm just creeping. And yeah, I hear a zzzz. And my operator calls, stop, stop, stop. Oh. And then my radio started crackling. I'm like, oh, okay. And I actually went to, it was like a three wire. Yeah. And the little I-beam went under the first wire, bumped the second one, and then hit the third. So I couldn't even back up to get out of it. Oh, shit. There's a power line on each side. Yeah. Send somebody back to get Fortis? Yes. Like right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Window right? Or I'm going to that. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, that's just habit now. Anytime I'm making a corner, even with my grain trailers, <laughs> window down. You can hear when shit's going wrong, right? And I luckily, I had my tire chains on. So I was grounded out. Ah. But it burnt a hole. Almost all the way through the sidewall where the tire chain was touching. Oh, really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah, my wife was piloting me that day. Oh, she was not happy. <laughs> I was going to say, who who, uh, who do you blame for that? Do you blame your pilot for not catching? I mean, well, what it came down to was Fortis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can try blaming her. Good luck with that. Yeah. Um, Fortis had it mislabeled. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they thought it was taller than it was. Because, yeah, the guy came back. He's like, well, what do you mean you're hitting it? I'm like, you hear that zapping? He's like, oh, yeah, you're hitting it. So he killed it and lifted it. Went out from underneath it. They remeasured the load, remeasured the line. And, yeah, it was a typo. Yeah. It's, if you're going, if you're going to go, like, that close to something, you just want to be going really fast. Yeah. So you take it down and get rid of it, hopefully. Or just, like, arcs really quick as you go by it. Yeah. I've heard. I can't believe like how because he told operator told me to back up, and uh, everybody's freaking out, right? I was probably probably the only one that was kind of still calm. calm. Operator went to touch the trailer, 
to lower the trailer. He was walking towards it. Oh my god! Until somebody yelled at him. But yeah, you just don't get out. And my tires weren't popping yet, so yeah. Well, that would have dropped you down below the line. See, then I could have just stepped your head. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a little tough on rim to get enough traction to move it, probably. But all planetaries, you'll melt down. <laughs> Eventually, her, be okay. Get her moving. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing that suffered was my tires and my two-way. Two-way didn't like to work after that. Yeah, they don't. No, no. Operators like trying to talk to me on the radio while I'm under the line. I was like, what do you think's gonna happen? <laughs> the the yeah. thing they always say, like, is, well, is it look up and live or know the line or I think those are all. See, and I knew the line was there. Like, I looked at it when we went under it, but again, Portis just cleared us. Yeah. Like, half a mile ago, Portis left. They drove under this line to leave. But that was it, a long 10 minutes. Was it your height pole that they've been using? Or? No, it was theirs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just want to know. Like it's in my truck now, so I, I want to know if it's actually. No, no, that height pole was not involved. In oh, that. yeah, Good that height pole has moved a couple lines though. Oh, yeah, down down south though, where you're allowed to move lines. Oh yeah, yeah don't touch them up here. No, no, big big no no. I didn't even know you were allowed to down there. Oh, it's wild wild west down there, man. Pull stop signs out, lift lines. It don't matter. Montana. Montana, North Dakota. South Dakota. I never went to South Dakota. Wyoming. Wyoming, yeah, they don't care. As long right. as you put it back. Yeah. You pull a stop sign out, you got to put it back. Oh, yeah. That, 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 yeah. There's good reasoning to well, that. Well, you would be surprised. Them. <laughs> yeah. Colorado, do not go, don't get your bucket truck guys to start tree trimming. No. They get sour. Oh, really? Eh? Yeah. Well, we were permitted there and we're 24 wide and it's a back road and uh, in Colorado, and we had the troopers and everything with us. So the last thing I wanted to do, it's on the route study. Every my our was that uh, going around Denver? Uh, yeah, it was. Up by Greeley. Yeah, north of Greeley still. Hmm. I can't remember what big four lane it was on, because we we wound through so many little farm roads and stuff in Colorado, man. I, Holy! I don't understand their routing. Oh. <laughs> no idea. So we had a guy that was from the States on our crew uh, that did all our route studies and stuff. So he brought it to my attention. Everybody knew about it. So sent bucket truck and like we had one bucket truck came with us right from Montana yeah. the whole way down. And when you get to Colorado, you have to have Colorado certified for the traffic lights. Yeah. And there's so many traffic lights. We got, we ended up with three more bucket trucks. So send the Montana guy and, our route survey guy down to deal with these trees, right? Knocked on buddy's door and everything, but nothing. They called me. I was like, well, it's on our route. They have our dimensions. You got a chainsaw? <laughs> <laughs> they went down to the hardware store, bought a chainsaw, cut them all up. But uh, I think what they were mostly mad about is they left a pile of branches in buddy's front yard. Oh, shit. Yeah. So we were past there, but it was that night phone started ringing oh shit In colorado number showed up on my cell phone i was like oh, i know what this is about yeah. <laughs> so don't don't do that well i don't think i have to worry about it i don't really plan on hauling anything that big through colorado. it's not worth it it's interesting that we've done the things we've done but it's nice that they're in the past sometimes because you can yeah like i can think back on stuff and i definitely remember it as a good time but when i was living it it was not a good time <laughs> 
that's how good stories are. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have a good story from everything non- went smooth. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I went. I I I went down to Colorado and picked up a trailer. It was twenty four wide, and I hauled this twenty four wide back to Alberta. The end. Yeah, the end. Nothing happened. <laughs> no police were involved. Yeah. Yeah, no bubbles. Really... No troubles. Like yeah, unacceptable. Yeah. That's why I like. Yeah, you gotta have some a little bit of strife here and there. I was explaining that to my son one day too. We were we were on a we went on a trip last year. It's the same thing. I said like yeah. I said well. It's like why is there always something? It's like there's always something that happens. And I just said well yeah. I said that's how you have a story. Yeah. Otherwise you don't have a good story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really, everybody would do it. Yeah. And then yeah, I I just like it. I like way better that way. Not that I go out and try find things to go wrong, but it's. Yeah, I can think of a lot of stories that I wish I didn't have. <laughs> Maybe not wish I didn't have, but I would be perfectly okay not having. Not having had the experience. <laughs> yeah. Like loading a dead uh, 783 or 785 haul truck Christmas Eve, like 2 in the morning, minus 50 with the wind chill. And because I'm a dummy, all I had in my truck was a hoodie. Oh. Yeah. And summer coveralls. I was cold that night. Yeah, that one's on you. Yeah. Well, I left my bag at the hotel. Ah. showered in the pilot truck's room left my bag there oh we're just going to load yeah didn't think that all my winter stuff was in there long johns and stuff yeah that was not cool yeah i've been doing that too that's that's why i, I that's why i can say it's all on you because i know it's all on me when i do stuff like that too yeah it's like not carrying rain gear and then you're loading in a rainstorm you're like oh well yeah this sucks <laughs> It was like all of uh, January and early February, it seemed for me on the coast. It was snow or, or it would either be just pouring rain or it'd be that wet, wet, heavy snow. Oh, that gross stuff. Yeah. And so like it wouldn't snow until like I was loading steel. And then we, then I'd end up with a load that was like a whole bunch of various stuff. It was never like, uh, you know, six bundles of, you know, 60 foot. Yeah. Nice. And easy bang, stuff. bang, bang, tie it down and go. It was like, no, no, you're going to have all this. And all these various lengths, and then tarp it. Yuck. Yeah. So you'd be, you know, tarping sketchy when hours. it's wet too. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, like really sketchy. When I and when you're like to tarp steel, uh, that's why I like to I I like to carry a bunch of short lengths because when you pyramid it, like y'all you, you'll see guys in their tarps just but always have like corner holes almost. Yeah. Because they use all eight foot dunnage. Oh, okay. And and your tarp flaps more because you can the dunnage sticks out past, and so if you've got two or three layers, then you have these eight foot pieces sticking out that you got to tarp as well. Turn it into a kite. Yeah, or or you're sucking down on them and putting those sharp corners against your tarp, right? Yeah. So yeah, I carried lots of like short little pieces of dunnage so that my pyramid was, and, and yeah, maybe that takes a lot longer, but it's well, what's a set of tarps worth though, right? Yeah. Oh, like they're you know anywhere from. I think the cheapest ones are like twelve hundred bucks for a fifty for a set for a fifty three all the way up to, you know, a couple twenty five hundred if you want to really have your names on them and the heavier, you yeah, know, and the nice that color match to your truck and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does look sharp when guys do that though. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> There's a company down south actually. I don't know if you've ever seen them. I only saw them a couple times, and they've got big smiley face emojis on their tarps. Oh really? Yeah, I like that actually. Yeah, it kind of makes the guy laugh. Breaks up the day a bit. Yeah, I, I, I see. Like, it looks good when guys have everything color matched like that. I mean, it's, 
I don't know. It, it's a pride thing, right? But I just, I spent 300 bucks on my cards. No, you can't go wrong, man. Yeah, and so, but they don't all, like, I have two lumber tarps and then a steel tarp, really, for my middle. So oh, my yeah. middle one is the steel tarp, which is, I use for most every little, like, all my little jobs, because it's only got four and a half, five foot sides on it. Oh, that's pretty good, then. Yeah, and it's a little lighter tarp, and so it's it's a nice, it's just nice for that. And, um, the big lumber tarps are just like they're so heavy, and they're such a. But I at uh, three hundred bucks. How do you go? Right? Well, exactly. Yeah, I've got I've got a fair bit of use out of them, but I really don't like when I have to use. <laughs> at three hundred bucks, they're probably paid for themselves by now. Yeah, yeah, but I don't see myself going out and buying another set of tarps because I really well, don't like tarps. Yeah, then if you buy a nice set of tarps, you're basically committing to tarping, mm-hmm. and that's no fun. No, 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 thank you. No, worst. Worst thing I tarped is actually a load of hay. Yeah, that wouldn't be fun. It was not fun. It was not fun. We, I had to halt from Southern Alberta. It was windy. I went down to pick it up and figured out that I don't have straps that are all long enough. Like I have quite a few long straps, but I mean, they were square bales. Yeah. And so to get enough straps on there, like, and some of them are just about enough that i could twist them on you need another half an inch yeah but i'm out in the middle of nowhere so i'm not getting any extra straps right while i'm there and then i had to tarp over top of that right and so the guy says well the most important thing is to make sure that the back end doesn't get all soaking and wet because of all the spray coming up in the back made sense to me so it was like big lumber tarp on the front and even those don't go far enough down on this load of hay and then he left the front not perfectly square so that i could climb up because he had to go yeah, well, of course. Yeah, so I'm climbing. Yeah, climbing up. So he tossed the tarps up for me at least with his with his uh, forks, and then I had to climb up and do all this tarping. So, anyways, like I do that on the front, and then I put my steel tarp in the middle, so it only drops five feet down the sides, so I can't even reach it with a bungee cord. Awesome. Yeah. So then I got to go put my straps over top of the tarp there, and then on the back end, back to the lumber tarp. So not really thinking that then that makes the back just big parachute. Yeah. Because the sides aren't pulled in. Oh, what a nightmare. Oh, yeah. It was just so gross to haul like that. I've only tarped uh, two things and gravel and grain. So it's pretty easy. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I can't can't tarp like five, six times a day, man. That's hard work. Yeah, geez, I really, really tarped a lot of stuff. I, yeah, I've tarped a lot of kernels of grain. Yes. Yeah, well, I've tarped a lot of loads of chips. Yeah. I just don't have any interest in... Beaver biscuits? Yeah, well, anything more than grain and gravel that has to do with tarps. Yeah, I I don't blame you. Too small of a guy, I'll parachute off there. And, yeah. <laughs> so where's the sharp stuff and the, and trying to make sure that it's all... Um, that it's not going to ruin your tarps and end up like shredding it along, along the way down the road. So I know some guys carry diapers and diapers are really good for corners because they've yeah. got it right. And I have just, I have an assortment of things I carry in the truck just to put on the sharp corners and, that. and stuff. Yeah. 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 I had some rubber milling machines and that was like probably the sharpest thing I, I hold. And it took me three hours to tarp it. Holy. Yeah. But my tarps all made it from Vancouver to Edmonton, so. Well, that's what matters. Yeah, so that was worth it. The, the load, what it paid, not, not, not so much it. worth it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Should have just left it on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, those are the worst once you're committed. And you get down the road and then you realize it's going to be one of those loads. Yeah. Like, oh, I wish I would have left this back there. Yeah. I'm I'm really, really happy that the, the company that I work for too, like they now, like this is a different company, but anyways, the company I work for now, even with that wing the other day, like they didn't, we didn't know that was there. And so I got it on the truck. I've got it measured. And they're, they said, hold up. We're going to make sure that the customer accepts the new rate, cover the pilots and to cover the permits on the load, which is a great, great thing to have the way it should be done. Yeah. So it's not you're they're not just like, oh well, I yeah. get that I guess, sucks. Yeah, that going. sucks. Yeah. Which is which is the attitude some places, right? So Yeah, and then they'll take the pilot out of your your cost or your cut, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of places like that, unfortunately. Nope. I'm really happy that I work where I do. That's the thing is if you don't trust the people that you're with or like you it's so easy to get screwed. We've talked about it before. It just drives me nuts. It's one of my little peeves, I guess. <laughs> Not many of them. No, only a hundred or so. <laughs> <laughs> like technology. That's just actually I, I don't I think that actually might be our nemesis, not our pet peeve. Seriously. <laughs> And it's not just like computers and stuff. When I was running e-log, yeah. same thing. No. If there's somebody that was going to have a problem with his e-log, it was me. I don't, I, I don't know. Until this point, I haven't had that much issue with tech, but it seems like every time we try to set this up. It's... Yeah, it's uh, all the trees, yeah. Yeah, we can blame the trees. And... But I mean, this nice quiet setting is also nice too. Yeah. Yeah, in my yard full of broke down stuff. My truck made it through the week though we're all good there so <laughs> did you figure out uh where you're getting your inspection done no if it's alberta or saskatchewan no i haven't figured that out yet i'll make a phone call or two does i that, gotta kind of kind of depends on where i'm going in the next bit week yeah does your uh outfit you're running for have a facility they get them done off site we don't do so you're not saving yourself any by doing it in saskatchewan no probably not no I'll let you know how mine goes. Yeah. Unless you can be the guinea pig. Yeah, I'm alright with that. I'm not getting mine done until next week after this next one. So. Oh, okay. As close as you can. To... Yeah. Yeah, like I'm unloading on the 29th. Yeah, I probably should book mine before that. I would if I was you, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm still valid in, in Alberta. In Alberta, so. But your insurance won't be. Oh, that's true, yeah. Which is the whole problem with the Saskatchewan insurance. Well, it's not really a problem because I would way rather run green plates and yeah. SGI insurance personally. Yeah, nope. You run prorate plates on your truck? Yeah. Yeah. Did you have to sign like a lease agreement with the outfit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just heard something about uh, a guy that was running prorate plates that had to sign his truck like basically ownership over to the outfit that he was running no. but those were alberta pro rate, pro rate plates no i've never had to do that you have to give um it's uh what do you call it it's like a power of attorney thing oh okay yeah. it's kind of the same as like what you have to you have to get from the finance company to to sign on somewhere yeah it's kind of the same thing yeah at least that's the last time i did it 
Yeah. <laughs> you always have lots to say. Do you miss being a pilot truck driver? No. Why not? So everybody knows that you were you were the pilot truck driver? Yeah, I was uh, Luke's pilot, his favorite pilot. And then he made it permanent? Yeah, he didn't want to risk losing a good pilot like me, so he's like, oh, I'll marry this one. And then and then you decided to not pilot anymore? Yeah, no, then I quit. <laughs> That's one way of reeling him, mm -hmm. reeling him in. Eh? I've, I've never actually seen that technique. No, no, no it's a new one. <laughs> No, I quit a few times on and off going between piloting and mechanics. And just the last time I quit, now it's finally stuck. But who knows? Yeah. Luke loses his spot on, on the podcast. Yeah, I'm taking over. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was just asking if she missed piloting. If she says not really. No. She only uses a technique to reel you in. I believe it. Yeah, yeah you get the best truck drivers. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I don't know who you were piloting. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, I actually don't know how to drive a truck. Yeah, right? That's why I need a good pilot. It's actually a stunt double that does all my truck driving for me. <laughs> it's like the uh, the Simpsons where Homer finds out that all the, the trucks are on autopilot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. The auto drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just watching that episode the other night, actually. Uh, maybe we'll go back to our old-fashioned roots of actually driving the trucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's actually, I, I think that's almost, it's almost coming true. Like they've tried all the, they're trying a lot of automation, but they're finding it really, uh, really difficult. I wonder why. Yeah, because it's actually a difficult job. Yeah, there's actually some brains to it. Yeah, and you can't give a computer brains. Yeah, you can't. It's it's hard to teach it to think on its own. Like even as good as AI gets, it's it's still. Oh, really... you come into a freak snowstorm or rainstorm in the middle of the night and you can't see the road anymore. Good luck with your sensors then. Yeah, that's what I saw when I saw the. Uh... The first time I saw the Tesla truck with no outside mirrors. Yeah, that's so strange. That whole side Tesla thing is just weird. <laughs> I don't agree with it. You know, uh, I think there's a I, I think there's a place for electrics in the industry. It's uh local in places like LA, New York. Like that makes total sense. Yep. Keeps the emissions down because that's where the majority of it is it, like I mean you're on the open air going down the highway that's not where you need an electric and it's a lot of there's so much infrastructure that has to be built to make electrics work for over the road plus yeah. you need so much battery that you're compromising payload whereas if you're in a, like a drage or a like a local yeah cement truck garbage trucks yeah local delivery uh ports like yeah. guys that, you know Shunt just trucks run, yeah running i'm running like just running containers in and out of the ports you know, to go into the local businesses and delivering like that kind of stuff. And uh, anything I'd say like in 200 miles of a metro area there, that's about, that's a good range. And then you can take the truck back because the truck can stun its shift. It goes back to the terminal. Yep. Every night, plug it in. Boom. Way Easy, go. Right? Yep. You, you and I aren't fighting over quote unquote superchargers when we get to the, you know, I, I mean, I know they're trying to do a bunch of things along, uh, in in the same like in the long haul avenue but i just i don't there's not enough parking spaces so how are they going to have enough chargers yeah and i don't see that I, I don't see how the benefit outweighs all of the no it doesn't yeah like and, and diesel's gotten so much cleaner they really have like you yeah like it, when the def system is working properly it 
on an emission side, it, it does. Yeah. It works very well. I wish they would figure out a better way to package the DEF or DEF <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. But um, when it is working properly, it does its purpose. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm glad now that they have, now they have DEF pumps. I mean, that that's made the whole job so much easier. Yeah. And then having, uh, like you say, as the emissions function properly. And I, I think that's another key, though, is that, like, I don't blame the manufacturers for all the shit that they've had, all the problems they've had with emissions. The problem is the legislation keeps superseding. They were yeah, they get, they get, yeah. Pu- they've been pushed too fast and not had enough time to develop what they need to develop, right? Oh, and that's exactly it. You look at their, the ISXs in that 2010 to 2013 range, right? You're in top ends at 200,000 and you're deleting them while you're in there because you're in there, right? Yeah. It's just crazy. And then they, they never run right after no. they're deleted. Those early ISXs, well, you delete them, you lose your third stage, Jake. Yeah. And it's just downhill well, from that's, there. That's if you delete, if you change turbos. Nope. No, you can delete it and still, but as long, but you got to keep the BGT turbo, which also means you have to do a different type of, because I've seen them where they kept the BGT. Yeah, I drove, still, drove a couple of trucks that still had the BGT. But then they still lost their. Yeah. Because I've seen the programming where they've done it, where they kept it, but then. The other problem was they just basically turned the fuel mapping up crazy to compensate for things. Like, I mean, there's security. Yeah. So he didn't like what I said. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We don't like turned up fuel maps either, Dave. No. Yeah. There's things unreliable. There's there's so many parameters. I can't even remember what the combination was when we were uh, when I worked at Mac and you'd be if you looked at just what you could actually get programmed from the factory when you ordered a truck. Was that even that what we could control as a as a salesman was such a long list like five or six hundred different parameters you could get programmed in it. Oh wow! And so and that was just like a snapshot of what you can actually do inside a computer. So how does you know a guy with not a lot of, maybe a guy's got a lot of tech experience, but not a lot of mechanical experience or vice versa. Yeah. They're never going to meet in the middle. Yeah. You don't have a lot of people out there who know both sides of it, like the, the electronic side and the, and the mechanical side, uh, unless they're an engineer at some place that makes trucks. Yeah. Or at the very least at the dealership. Yeah. So I don't know. I just have a hard time believing that, because I, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of trucks that got turned up and tuned up and everything that lived very long either. No. No, and that comes down to a lot of other internal parts and supporting parts, right? Like, you crank a truck up too much. Um, those uh, One of the ISXs I drove, they deleted it and turned it up. But the factory head bolts are only good to, like, 41 PSI, right? And their program, I could get that very, very easily. Yeah. So at that point, you're driving it with such a light foot. Well, what's the point, right? Oh yeah, like and it it's it'd be like it'd be like taking a an old like 78 Chevy pickup and it's got a 350 in it, and you go buy an 871 blower and just smash it and on strap the top it on the top. Yeah. yeah, you haven't done anything to the internals. Truck's got 200,000 miles on it. And... Exactly, and that's what lots of these guys do and they they don't think fast computer oh i'll just get a tune oh, i'll just get a tune right yeah. and then oh why why did my head lift itself off <laughs> for 
yeah, anything in there that can self-destruct. I mean, the the other thing is, like, I mean, clearances and if you're not really looking inside that engine. Yep, like weak liners on those ISXs. Yeah, it's just not, uh, and it's not just ISX. Anybody who tunes, right? Like I knew guys that tuned like the DD16s, like mine. There was a bunch of guys running around in uh, BC uh, hauling coal into the mines there that had those things up in the 850-ish range. And That's they sick. really pulled, apparently. They would, yeah. For a while. Yeah, until they eject the moon node. Yeah, 5% five per, five grade, and or sorry, uh, 9 percent grade for you know 14 15 kilometers yeah foot buried in the oil pan yeah like my truck turned up but i don't use it all no. by any means no like it, it's sitting at just over six i think in that's the so tune that's in it and on the grand scheme of things it's not right yeah but uh i don't use all of it there's a lot more there that i've used once or twice <laughs> when it's needed but Definitely not holding it on the floor all day. Let's say the guys that like we talked about that before, like at least um I know meeting uh like Bruce Mallinson from Pittsburgh Power. So I, I met him at this conference and talking to him like he understands that whole build the engine to handle everything else, right? So, you know, the twelve sevens that he's built that are, you know, eight hundred, nine hundred horse twelve sevens. And there's and he's got some that have got like a million on. Yeah, there's nothing. Your horsepower rating doesn't determine your life, yeah. right? It's overpowering. Yeah, and 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 also those, but those engines were not just like, uh, you know, an eight hundred mile, or you know, eight hundred thousand kilometer engine that was brought in and turned turned the wig up, and then let it go, right? Exactly. It's got you know the bearings have been done and everything's been gone through and basically a blueprinted engine. Yeah, the time to decide where you when to change power is when you're doing an in-frame. Yeah. Right? Like, I won't touch my programming until it gives me a problem or I have to do an in-frame. <laughs> I hope just, neither one of those happen for a long time. Long, long time. I'm not, I'm not going to probably touch anything on mine. I may just get a... I may get my programming cleaned up a little. There's a few things on it I don't quite like, but I'm not turning it up. Doesn't uh, EDI make some sort of new wizardry for your... Yes, truck. and hopefully going to be able to sample that. Oh, very good, very good. And we'll see what that does. But yeah, there's they make stuff that yeah not deleted and yeah. So we'll see how it works. I'll I'll keep you posted. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> let me know. I've always thought about a Pittsburgh power box for my C15, but I think they're not supposed to sell them anymore. Yeah, something like that. Because the EPA got involved and everything else. But even what Pittsburgh Power is doing now is all EPA. It's got to be EPA legal. PDI, same thing. Yeah. It's got to all be EPA legal in the States. So. But there are still power boxes floating around out there. Yeah, and see, I called, uh, this was like a year ago, but um, I know quite a big fleet that ran Pittsburgh Power in every one of their trucks. Huh? So they had like 40 or 50 boxes sitting up in there mezzanine just hanging out when mm -hmm. i worked there so i went to go get one but they had just sold them all oh really yeah someone bought them all all of them uh, yes funny how that works eh yeah yeah like a week Shit. before i called too oh yeah that'd be i never have never had one on anything and but i knew people that did i remember i had a pretty good a pretty good 550 and then some teeth that i held logs with and uh 
one night I was coming up the hill in Swan Hills, and one of the other trucks, uh, a guy that I talked about before that had those old had the binders and that. Yeah. Anyways, he had uh, he had Pittsburgh power on his on his compass. That's the that's the guy Jake from really high and everything else. No, okay, yeah, yeah. So his tried him, tried him past me coming up the slide hill in Swan Hills. And I was tandem tried him. Oh, all loads of logs, and he walked by me. Huh. And he said he had only turned it up to six and it had nine settings. Oof. Yeah. Huh. Uh. Yeah, was, I was pretty impressed. He said, I don't put it there very often, and I never show the drivers where the dial's at. He's like, I just put it on three for everybody. And yeah. It's like, every so often. <laughs> you got to give it a catch-up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, it was kind of a sneak attack, so I can't totally uh, take credit for it. But uh, another grain hauler was climbing that hill southbound out of Calgary yeah. a couple weeks ago, and he's got a C-16. So he should have been fine, right? Yeah. But got up wrapped up behind the bison truck all messed up or it was a west can or something like that so i noticed he was on the upstroke when i was going, coming down still yeah, like, yeah. yeah i'm gonna have to clean his doors off but then the next pull he, <laughs> okay i can't take full credit for that one i used to i used to love when i was when i was a kid like when i was first started driving we when we came out we used to come out of fox creek with um sawdust on but you went when you went into the mill like we'd go in there with super b and you go in and around the back of the mill because that's where their bins were, and then sawdust bin and the chip bin are right side by side, and you tarp back there. So I'd come in and I'd go around to the back, and I was driving the old General at the time, just like the four hundred, four hundred cat. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, pull in there with the with the trains, load it up, and 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 sawdust keeps the tarps too, yep. and then it'll settle eventually. But I mean, so coming back out, like I'm only forty five five on a train. But it looks like I got a full load, right? And so highway uh, highway forty three was still the two lanes, and uh, just had the passing lane on the Ioskin. And this lumber hauler had seen me come out, and he was off the scale in front of me, waiting there, and then took off just in front of me after I came off the scale. So he didn't see what I scaled out at. Yeah. And so I got this old, and he's got a brand new beat. This is like uh, two thousand ish, ninety nine maybe. No, we didn't know older than that. Anyways, but it was a 550 because he told me on the CD after when I blew his doors off. Now I asked him, <laughs> and he said, "What what kind of motor you got? What do you got in there for a motor?" And I just said, "A big one," and that'll like that'll general will just pour black smoke out, right? So it looked like I was just working the crap out of it, <laughs> like twenty ton lighter than he is. Yeah, it just makes you feel great, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just laughing all the way to town, right? And he was probably going right to pinning afterwards to get his truck tuned up. This old general just blew his doors off, right? Yeah, it goes in there, steam coming out of his ears. Do you guys know what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, convoying going to North Dakota, uh, two eight line platforms with compressor buildings on them, and. Uh, running pretty much the same motor but the one truck that i was convoying with his motor it was wore out and it was an automatic and he just wasn't a big powerhouse right we're on night shift so i had a pretty fresh rebuilt truck that was turned up so i would have to kind of pay attention on the hills right and then just one day flipping through the serious channels going through the hills in montana there and i uh this time it's recording so I love technology. Okay. Um, great. So I had a truck that was turned up considerably more. 
mm-hmm. and night shift, so zoned out, switching channels on or whatever, music surfing. And then all of a sudden it like catch out of my peripherals the blinking lights of a pilot truck and I look up and I'm closing in on this guy that's in front of me with three hundred horsepower less and my wife was behind him. So she moved over and I came up next to her and went probably dropped like six seven gears right to a crawl oh my yeah and it's just crazy like same motor different drivetrain but shouldn't be that much of a difference you wouldn't think right yeah but they were off by a couple like one was definitely the one i was running was definitely a fresher motor but i wouldn't say either one of them were wore out by any means what do you think maybe to the automatic if the automatic isn't serviced properly if you're getting a lot of slippage in the torque converter, that could probably have something to do with it too. Yeah, could have been. I don't know. Uh, those heavy haul automatics are a totally different. Different kettle animal. Of, kettle of fish. I never got good at them. No. No, like there's guys that can shift their auxiliary, like their A box, with their automatic. And I have the exact same look that you have. <laughs> and I was like, no, but the guy that mentored me, I sat right next to him and watched him do it. I could never do it. Every time it was like, okay, coming to an emergency stop because I don't have a clutch to push in and all I hear from underneath my floor is <laughs> What do they do? Like lift and then shift it or? Like going down the road. Yeah. They would go uh, down one in their automatic T-bar and then up one in their A-box just like you would in an 18 speed. But yeah, wizardry. <laughs> Total wizardry. wizardry. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking about it I'm like, no, you can't. Because oh. essentially, an A box is just an air shift, right? Well, yeah, I've, I've actually never driven an air shift. Oh, really? So, yeah, it's just like picking your uh, direct over yeah. on your main. Yeah. It's just a lot bigger of a gear. But do you, and you just lift to do it, clutch to do it? Just, no, just, yeah, lift. What I did was you'd go. <clears throat> I just swallowed a mosquito. I did that earlier. <laughs> um,. You'd go down a half gear in your main and then up one in your A box, and it would equate to a 100 RPM shift. But if you miss it, it's missed. You're coming to a stop. Mm. And it does not sound good. Like, best thing you can do is grab that auxiliary shifter and go right to neutral. Especially when you're in a push truck. Because uh-huh. I was, oh, learn how to shift, you know, learn how to work your equipment while you're back there. Well, when you miss it, you need to come to a stop. Oh, you're buying dinner. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's not good. So just put it in neutral and hope that you can catch up somewhere. No, I'll put it in neutral and get them to come to a stop <laughs> and buy dinner. And then buy dinner and hope you can lift off again because it's always on a hill. Oh yeah, for sure. So I learned very quickly to, if you know you're gonna have to drop one in your A box, do it before you need to. Much easier that way. This is my my dad telling me what my grandpa told him. He said he was with them, and they were somewhere hauling a cat. Grandpa had an old Jimmy 318 and hauling a V8. And they're coming to the bottom of the hill, and Grandpa's slowing down. And Dad goes, what are you doing? Grandpa slows right down, nothing. Puts it in first and first. And my grandpa said, well, we're going to be there anyways. This way, I won't miss any shifts. Yep. And he would never miss a shift doing that. He said, and Dad said, like, you could run a hill all you want. Especially with like the old five and four, right? You got your arms through the steering wheel. You're trying everything you can to downshift, and then inevitably, 
everybody misses one or you're a liar. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so. I tried both ways because I was told that too when I first started getting pulling wheels and stuff. But I think when you get, there is a certain amount of weight where momentum does, it does help, play yeah. a key role. Oh yeah. 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 No, I, I, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Cause I've pulled, um, like identical hill, identical loads yeah. and I ran it air quotations, ran it as yeah. much as I could. And, uh, the guy behind me, same load, little lighter trailer. He did his, I'm going to put it in this gear at the bottom. And he didn't make her. So there is, there is definitely a point to both sides. Yeah. There's as long as, as long as his gear was the right gear too. Yeah. Cause I've seen guys do that before too. Uh, even logging. And then you're screwed. Oh yeah. You're like, not going to make a shift from, you know, first, second or first to low. No. But if you've got that momentum, you can go from third to low. Yeah. Even second to low is tricky. Yeah. Because when you're going that slow and you're in that hard of a pull and you don't know how much you're actually spinning, right? Like you could be at 2,100 on your tack, yeah. but you're actually at like 17, but you're augering. Yeah. I've been played that way before. But you get to a point where you either need to try for a shift or, or accept that you're spun out because you're just going to break stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Usually the latter is better. Usually. <laughs> usually. Yeah. Well, it's just like, I don't know. That was a dad lesson. I mean, on Father's Day. Yeah. I've, you got to give credit to the dads out there that it's, it's a hell of an industry to be in. And, uh, kudos to everybody that, all the trucking dads out there. Yeah. Including our own. Yeah. Yeah. I know my dad and I have talked about it quite a bit recently because, you know, I'm married now and thinking about kids and stuff. Right. So he's, uh, he's told me quite a bit of the stuff that he went through being a dad on the road and it takes a lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a fair bit. It's a, it's a tough, tough job to be either a trucker or a dad to add the two of them together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hats off to the guys that, that do. Yeah, so happy Father's Day to everybody out there. This will be a belated Father's Day because it will be out on Monday, but I think it's probably time to get down the road. Yeah, my dad's coming over so he can watch me work on my truck. Oh, you know, now our roles. You. Yeah, well, now our roles have changed, right? When I was growing up, I always watched him work on the truck, so now he gets to watch me work on the truck. That's awful nice of you to let him not have to wrench. Yeah, right. He wouldn't. He'd laugh at me. <laughs> it's hard enough to get him to pass me tools there you go right he's like oh they're not disinfected i can't pass them to you uh thanks <laughs> thanks thanks all right well we'll wrap her up then yep that's that you've been listening to the semi crazy podcast if you enjoyed it please subscribe you can find me on instagram luke dirt phillips and you can find me on instagram semi crazy inc and on facebook semi crazy truck pictures thanks for listening